and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, Alien Implant Removals. I found this article from April 3rd, 1998 on MoveOn.com, and the title is Alien Implant Removals Before and After Effects. It starts off, it says, several years after the surgical removal of their alleged alien implants, five individuals courageously accepted to take part in an interview to discuss their before and after effects. All persons, one male and four females, shared one thing in common, UFO encounters and contact with non-human alien beings. Dr. Roger Lear, a podiatrist from Thousand Oaks, California, I'll just interject here and say that's a late Dr. Lear. I think he died three years ago, maybe. Dr. Lear, a podiatrist from Thousand Oaks, California, founder of FIRST, Fund for Interactive Research in Space Technology, and Daryl Sims, uh, a certified hypnotherapist, co-founder of FIRST, an experienced UFO investigator over 27 years. Now, keep in mind, this is written in 1998, 20 years ago orchestrated the successful surgeries with a team of competent medical professionals and volunteers. The first set of implant surgeries took place on August 19, 1995 at Roger Lear's Podiatry Clinic in Thousand Oaks, California. Pat Perinilio, a 47-year-old male from Houston, Texas, and Mary Jones, a pseudonym, 52, also from Texas, had the anomalous objects appear in x-rays, although both UF experiences had no record of previous surgeries. Both individuals were investigated by Daryl Sims of HUFON, Chief Investigator for Houston UFO Network, and referred to Dr. Roger Lear for surgery based on their past UFO encounters and x-rays which confirmed the anomalous objects. Pat's object was removed from the back of his left hand, and Mary's objects excised from her left big toe. All services were performed free of charge. The article goes on and says, The alleged implants removed from the first set of surgeries were studied by two different pathologists, and then sent to various independent laboratories for extensive scientific analysis. The test performed on these alleged alien implants were a pathology tissue evaluation, laser-induced breakdown spectroscopy, glibs, extensive metallurgical testing involving a dense density immersion test, X-ray energy dispersive spectroscopy, scanning electron microscope, X-ray diffraction pattern analysis, and electron magnetic and fluorescence property analysis. Isotopic range tests are also in a project progress. Tests were conducted by the National Institute of Discovery of Science, NIDS, New Mexico Tech, and other independent sources. And I believe we can go back and look at another podcast, but I'm pretty sure that NIDS is the uh, organization that was founded or run by uh, Robert Bigelow. You can take a look at that. They've they've got some they have some history. The article goes on, but that is not all. But that is not all. While these usual, unusual objects were being evaluated for scientific study, another set of implant surgeries took place on May 18, 1996. Two women from the second set of surgeries came forward for this interview and follow-up study. 
Dorothy O'Hara, a 61-year-old female from Palm Springs, California, and Alice Levy, 40, from Newbury Park, California, each had similar objects removed from their left lower leg. Another woman, Alicia Davison, 37, who has had numerous UFO and alien, con alien encounters, had a rare crystalline-like object removed from her foot in January of 1997. Wow. So we can see from these five individuals that these are people that have had actual physical objects removed from their body, and those objects have been submitted for scientific study. Now the article goes on, subtitled, Findings. The findings of these implant surgeries are highly unusual, reported to Dr. Lear in all these cases. There was virtually no inflammatory response. This is not the usual finding in foreign tissue reactions. Normally foreign bodies embedded in tissues result in some type of acute or chronic inflammatory response and may include fibrosis and cystic formation. Such was not the case here. The pathology reports of the first two surgeries revealed that the metallic objects were encased in a very dense, tough, gray membrane consisting of proteinocuous, coelum, hemorrhoidin, and pure keratin, more simply blood protein and skin cells that are usually found in the superficial layer of the skin. The tough biological cocoons encasing the implants were also found to contain nerve proprioceptors, nerve and pressure cells of the wrong tissue type for that part of the body. These implant cocoons also fluoresced a bright green color in the presence of an ultraviolet source. The implants from two of the women from the second set of surgeries did not exhibit metallic properties like the implants from the first set of surgeries. In fact, the sephiroid whitish objects did not contain the tough biologic, biological outer jackets or fluoresce from a UV light source. These types of implants, possibly biological, also lack the expected inflammatory response, according to the pathology reports. The crystalline-like object excised from the foot in the most recent surgery also lacked the tough gray outer membrane and had virtually no inflammatory responses in the other implant surgeries. These test results from the first set of implants revealed that the lamellar needle-shaped metallic objects in question are basically meteoric in origin, containing at least 11 different elements. Wow, think about that. So half these objects seem as though they have this tough skin-like protein shell around them that doesn't seem to even really relate to the person that came out of it. It's as if they were wrapped in some sort of synthetic skin or maybe cells taken from another person and they use that as a as a cocoon to envelop the implant. Now at least on this one other implant it looks as if they've used some sort of crystal cocoon around it. But the thing that's really bizarre about this is that the metal sources they say seem to be meteoric in nature where they came from. So it's like this metal came from outer space. It's not something that was man-made. It's not something that came from Earth. Unless, of course, 
somebody went out and picked up some meteorites off the ground and then used that metal to somehow craft an implant to put in these people. In other words, this stuff came from a different solar system, different, different galaxy perhaps. The article goes on, it says, in an interview with Alien Encounter magazine, in July 1997, United Kingdom, Daryl Sims commented on the uncommon, non-rejecting human response to the implants. It seems that the dense fibrous membranes may have been the person's own surface skin. Okay, If this is the case, it appears that the metallic objects are wrapped in a sheath of keratinous material surface skin, nerve fibers, then surround the tissue and appear to be attached to larger nerves. The fact that both persons from the first set of surgeries objected verbally and physically could be an indication of this nervous system connection. Mr. Sims believes the indications are very strong that these implants are extraterrestrial in origin. But Mr. Sims concedes whatever the scientists say who have examined the objects say is what we will say. Daryl Sims has stated that a scientific peer review of all tests must be done before more specifics can be released. This is a standard course of action taken in any scientific endeavor. And then it goes on, it says, under the scientific evaluation is our best ally, but the experience and opinions that the courageous individuals involved in these implant surgeries are equally important. A series of simple questions were posed to each of the participants when asked as to how and when their implants might have been inserted. Pat Perineal from Houston, Texas, believed his implant could have been inserted during a UFO encounter he had in 1954 at six years of age. Mary Jones recalls two UFO encounters when her metallic objects could have been implanted in 1969. In the first frightening UFO encounter, Mary commented, I was on a camping trip with family while pregnant with my third child. Oddly enough, one month after Mary's child was born, she had another alien encounter while at home during the night. Conversely, Dorothy O'Hara from Palm Springs, California, and Leisha Davison, also from California, both replied, I have no idea when the object was inserted. Alice Levy commented that she first noted the lump on her leg following a UFO encounter involving other witnesses in San Diego in 1993. I actually noticed the lump, Alice clarified, when I discovered the scoop mark also on my left leg after the UFO encounter. This is something that we've heard before with these encounters where people encounter scoop marks. It's just like they just take a chunk of flesh out of them as if they're testing them. Like I've said many times, these alien abductees are treated the same way we would treat uh, wild animals on a bag and tag expedition. You know, they tranquilize the wild bear, lion, deer, whatever, take it down, put uh, chips in them, test them for disease, blood, whatever, and then release them. And that's how these people are being treated, as if they are just specimens to be bagged and tagged. I guess maybe they feel like they're lucky they got back. Some of them, as Sim said, don't have any recollection of what happened. And I agree. He says, well, these uh, implants seem to have grown right into the nerves. That could be affecting their perception of things. 
If the alien abductors are responsible for implanting objects in the bodies of these abductees, the author goes on, then are the aliens cognizant of the fact that the implants have been removed? So the next question was posed. Did you experience any UFO sightings, alien abductions, odd dreams, missing time, or paranormal events just prior to or after the implant surgery? Within a month, Pat, within a month, Pat Perroneal revealed, yes, an unusual set of events took place with another witness involving an orange glowing UFO one evening about a week before the surgery. After the surgery, I noticed that my psychic abilities seemed to decrease. Dorothy replied, about a week before the surgery, I had a dreamlike abduction experience involving many other people in a large locker room type facility, waiting in line for what seemed to be a shot in the backs of our necks. Also, right before an appointment to meet one of the Daryl Sims associates for an interview regarding implant surgery, I and another woman had a strange experience. It was like getting stuck in a time warp. I ended up being very late for the appointment. And then, late one evening after I returned from the surgery, I had an alien abduction encounter that I couldn't clearly recall. Both Leisha and Alice did not recall any unusual events soon before or after the implant surgery. Many experienced a rare pain and a swelling. Mary experienced a rare pain and a swelling in her toe and foot about a week before the surgery. At that time, Mary revealed, I knew exactly where the objects were in my foot. I could feel them. Prior to that, Mary had no pain or sensations of that kind in her toe. What was really strange, Mary admitted, was at the moment I stepped out of the car to meet Daryl Sims, just prior to the surgery, my pain stopped. The real question one may wonder about is, now that the implants have been removed, will the aliens continue to come back and abduct the abductees? All individuals except Mary Jones were able to answer that with a resounding yes. Alice elaborated on an abduction she had two months after the implant surgery. I retired to bed early due to a headache. My husband awoke at 1 a.m. because the whole bedroom lit up like daylight. He looked at the clock, reached over to touch me, and found that I was gone. Paradoxically, my husband quickly went back to sleep. The next day, I felt very ill. I don't recall anything during the night, but I noticed the next day that my dog had nervously clawed several areas in the house, as if he was trying to escape something frightening. Wow, that is exactly what I would expect from an alien abduction scenario. The poor, the poor husband is just knocked out. We've seen this before, where bystanders are treated as collateral damage. They're just rendered unconscious. The dog, uh, they know he can't talk, I guess, so they just leave the poor fellow there trying to get out of the house. The article goes on and says, As to changes in health, mood, dreams, or psychic phenomena after the surgery, all five agreed as to some type of change. Mary Jones simply stated that she felt a sense of peace after her objects were removed. Dorothy commented, I felt, tremendous sense of, I felt a tremendous sense of relief after the surgery. Lashia remarked, Yes, I had a dramatic and immediate mood lift after the object was removed from my foot. 
I also stopped having pain and the weird, watery sensation surrounding my foot. The most striking changes were noted by Dorothy. I had a severe diuretic effect and lost much water weight a week following the surgery. Then my health progressively worsened and I developed angina and edema. This heart problem was a recurring complication from a previous illness I had had in my late 20s. I also experienced extreme fatigue and could not concentrate. The illness lasted about a month, after which my energy and health returned with more vigor. My creativity and mental clarity improved remarkably. I am a writer. I had a startling improvement in my memory where I was able to recall a previous alien abduction experience from 1991. In other words, it was the first time I was able to piece, to, piece through a screen memory from an abduction. Although it took me three days to process the memory, it was difficult mentally and emotionally. In hindsight, after the implant surgery and recovery from illness, I felt detoxified. Pat, on the other hand, noticed a more subjective change and simply stated, Yes, a part of me which remains, which remains hidden has undergone quite a few changes of paradigms. Sounds like Pat has not quite come to terms with the fact that an alien source of some kind, quite possibly, quite possibly malevolent in its intentions, had inflicted him with this with this alien implant, and now it's been relieved, and he doesn't seem quite ready to accept that this burden's been lifted from him. It's almost like he's become attached to the thing, I would say. Alice Dorothy shared a... That's just my opinion. Alice and Dorothy shared a common symptom several months after their surgeries. Alice remarked about eight months afterwards, I had shooting pains in my left leg and noticed the implant scar turned bright red and hurt. And lasted for about a week. Also around that last time, I had a strong precognitive vision that later became true in exact detail, Dorothy added. Yes, I also noticed a strange reaction in my leg, an implant scar, about six months after the surgery. I felt shooting pains in my left leg, especially at the implant site. The incision scar turned bright red for about a month. The article goes on. Could these changes in each of the individuals interviewed alter their views of the UFO phenomena after the fact? Pat admitted he was basically in denial about the UFO abduction phenomena previous to the surgery, and yet Pat stated, it seems like the more one becomes aware of the fact, the more I realize that I don't know anything, but I do sense that something is accelerating. Dorothy concurred with Pat and that she formally believed the UFO phenomenon was all nonsense. After Dorothy realized, I have been able to work through many issues in my life now that I am no longer in denial. Now I have a more practical and spiritual approach to life and am more concerned with helping others in a practical sense, not promoting some new age or metaphysical philosophy. Mary also has admitted she had no interest or knowledge of the UFO abduction phenomena previously. Even now, Mary added, I have no real interest in the UFO topic. Even now, Mary added, I have no interest in the UFO topic, yet cannot deny there is something to it. Both Leisha and Alice had a good knowledge and belief in the UFO abduction field. 
Alicia stated that her views have not really changed. The best I can describe it, Alicia explained, is that I have had a powerful, extreme source of the highest highs and the lowest lows. Alice admitted previously I felt the aliens were possibly evil. Now, after the surgery and his life and my abduction continues, I think the aliens just have a job to do. It's not a good job. I think they are just following orders. Wow. How could you possibly think that? I mean, these things just come into your house. They literally just abduct you, take you off to do whatever, and they just have a job to do. I don't get that. It seems like it seems like these implants definitely are affecting people, and they're affecting the perception that they have of the very aliens that who are implanting them with that. Now the article goes on. It finishes up. It has a few more interesting points in it. I would recommend going over there to move on, and you can dig around and find that. This is clear back from 1998. I'm going to do some follow-up work on this and see if I can find some more stuff that was done with these uh, implants and if they ever came to any kind of conclusions about where they came from or what they've done. I've, I've done some work on them, and you can find some of the podcasts listed. It's really fascinating stuff, and I think it's even more fascinating than the meta-material that people claim to have from the UFO crash sites. Because this this shows uh, physical proof of interactions between between humans and uh, aliens, ET, non-human entities, whatever you want to call them. This is the interface right here. And what strikes me the most about this whole thing is that the interface is full of deception, lacks transparency, and shows a complete disregard. For the trauma inflicted on humans. Yet these very same people seem to almost be brainwashed into thinking that what happened to them was an okay thing. Very odd. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.